Hello, 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 everyone. This is Koji. Welcome back to another edition of Conversations with Koji. Today is a bonus episode. We are going to discuss the amazing reality TV series, Traders. It airs on Peacock every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, we are on episode six. I haven't been recapping, so I will go over the latest episodes for you, okay? But firstly, happy Black History Month, okay? I'm in all black, so happy Black History Month. Happy New Year, because I have not been on for quite some time. I am getting a couple of guests together, and we will go back into my other format of guests and talking about very topics, of course. So I'm really excited about that. But let's get into traders, okay? Oh, my goodness. I hope you have been watching. If not, I'm hoping that my recap will at least, at least convince you to get a free trial. I don't even know if you need a free trial. Maybe just sign up to Peacock and start watching. If you're not a fan of the challenge or survivor, I mean, everybody knows Phaedra, right? From Real Housewives of Atlanta, Sheree. Spring, summer, I mean, at least watch it for that, okay? So first, we're going to talk about the cast. There's 21 cast members, okay? We have Bergie. Now, if you watch Love Island season five, he ended up with Taylor. So we have him first, right? We have Dan Giesling. Now, Dan is a legend. If you have not watched Big Brother, hmm. I don't know what you've been waiting on, but if you haven't, we are 20 seasons on in, so you still have time to catch up, okay? They're they're not cutting that short anytime soon. It's it's actually their moneymaker. So Dan Giesling played 10 and 14, okay? Seasons 10 and 14. He won, okay? He won one season. He's iconic, known for Dan's funeral. Please look it up. It is one of the most epic moments of Big Brother history. He's very cunning. He's smart. He's strategic. He, he really knows how to navigate a house of people. Okay. So very smart casting, if you ask me, for something like this, right? <clears throat> we have... um. Let's see. We have Deontay. He's a boxer. Okay. A lot of people don't know him that well. A lot of people say, who? who? And all I would say to them is, till this day, till this day, who don't know memes, right? And so if you don't know that meme, I don't know what to tell you, but he's a great boxer. Okay. So we have him. We have Ekansee. Ekansu, Love Island UK for my Love Islanders out there. Okay. Ekansu's on the cast. So Janelle. Okay. Who doesn't know Janelle? Janelle has not only been on Big Brother for several seasons, which by the way, she's a competition beast. Okay. Competition beast. 
but she's been on Snake in the Grass. She was a co-winner there. She's been on Amazing Race. Um, so she is reality TV gold. She is what I call reality TV gold. She's going to give you the snarkiness, the bitchiness, the, uh, the whole thing. But she's, again, she's a competitor. So they knew, that casting department knew what they were doing, putting Janelle in the cast. Johnny Bananas. Johnny Bananas, challenge legend. I'm going to talk about this later, but the traders making the move that they did, smart, brilliant. I wouldn't have done anything different, honestly, because you leave Johnny Bananas in the game. Not only is he a great competitor, but what he is good at is forming alliances and then making those alliances form alliances and turn on each other and then walks away with the money. If you don't know what I mean by that, just go watch, watch one of his seasons and he has no problem walking away with the money. So very smart move. Okay. John UK parliament. I don't know much about him, but he seems to be a shrewd UK guy. Okay. So he's bringing all the, one of the tweeters said he's giving Macbeth. I said, Game of Thrones. Okay. Great, great, great addition. I would say he's, I like him. Kevin from Bling Empire. Now see, I don't watch Bling Empire, but he's been a great addition, right? He's, he's given some great commentary. I think it works. He's been a little under the radar, but when he's called out, he's been able to give a couple of things, a couple of moments. Larsa Pippen, another Real Housewives, right? She's from Miami. Her and Marcus Jordan, they're a couple. So that's Michael Jordan's son. So you already kind of have that competitive spirit in him. That DNA is just woven all in there, right? So you kind of already know in your brain, if you are a traitor, I mean, for me, my perspective, I'm looking at Marcus on a list off time. So I'll talk about that later, but listen. They've been very smart, those traders. So you have that. And then you have Sheree, Real Housewives of Atlanta. And my girl Phaedra, Tamara, another Real Housewife. So I would say they really tapped into the Bravo and um, have quite a few connections there. Sandra Parvati. These are survivor winners, survivor girls that know how to get down and dirty. They know what to do when they don't have anything, okay? So they know how to make something out of nothing and take the bag, okay? So again, great casting. And I think I think that is it for the casting. Oh, Peppermint, Peppermint from Drag Race, beautiful. I'm so happy that she was chosen to be on this cast. 
Um, seeing her was just great for me, just as a black queer woman, that representation, I think that was important. I mean, she was just poised and beautiful and, um, it was just wonderful to see her there for real. Seriously. We have pilot Pete from the bachelor. I really don't know what to think about Pete because if you watched his season on the bachelor, like me, um, yeah, there was nothing for me to gain. So I was really excited, honestly, to see him play this game because left a little mystery, you know? It left a little mystery for me. So I was happy. Uh, Max, now listen, I'm a Dancing with the Stars fan, although I have not watched Dancing with the Stars for a couple of seasons couple of seasons ever since they decided to go to Disney and everything like that that which was a bad move I feel like they lost a couple of viewers but I ain't gonna talk too much about that I'm gonna leave them alone but Max let me tell y'all something Max knows how to win a trophy he knows how to win a trophy he is a just so good at his craft but he knows how to win a trophy, like I said. So I can understand them casting him, right? Okay, so I think that's it for the cast. Now, what I want to do before we kind of get into the episodes, what I just found sort of interesting, I guess this is my brain working analytically, right? The connections that we have. So you have Trishel. CT Johnny Bananas. That is our challenge people, right? That's our challenge people. If you noticed, Trishel immediately was like, well, you know, I know CT. Now you would have to watch the challenge to kind of understand why she kind of said her whole spiel about, oh yeah, you know, me and CT kind of. Trishel tends to have those things. Um, and I don't know if you watched Rochelle, Las Vegas, real world or not, but she's a character. She's a character, okay? So <laughs> there's that. And then you have Johnny Bananas and CT. And I just knew they would really make such a great duo for the season of Traders, right? So you have that three right? And the first murder was Johnny Bananas. So you cut the string from that connection. It's just CT and Trichelle now. Very smart of the traders. Very smart. And at this time, the traders, as we know, are Parvati, Phaedra, and then I will say from the beginning with Dan and other people observed, Dan is reserved. Dan is quiet. His answers are very vague. And I think he feels like because in Big Brother, just for those people who don't watch, Part of that, it is a social experiment 
you not only have competitions, just like traders, and your social game comes into play, just like traders. They have alliances. But the thing about it is there has to be such a balance. And I think Dan kind of is laying too low, you know. There's not enough connections in this house. There's already connections there. That's what I want to say. There's already little connections pre-formed, like pre-alliances are there. So Dan thinking, oh, I can be sort of mute in these environments makes him the man on the outside. When really, Dan, you're already kind of pre-aligned. Therefore, you can kind of speak more. Phaedra, on the other hand, pre-aligned on paper, right? Her alliance is what? Tamara, Larsa, Sheree, right? So it's four of them. They're already pre-aligned. But what Phaedra is doing is the loners. And the loners, I call them the loners because they are by themselves. Bergy, yes, there's another Love Islander, but Love Island UK, he wasn't on her season. He, same, but no, across the pond. Ekinsu, Bergy, John, Kevin, those are people that I consider loners. So Phaedra has been able to really form connections with the loners. I was looking back at one of the first episodes, the breakfast after they murdered Johnny Bananas the next day, right? The next day. And it was John and Phaedra, and they were sitting next to each other. And the conversation, I think Peter said something like, there's two traders sitting right here. There's there's two traders sitting right here. And and um and Phaedra was just like, oh, can't you, you know, can you believe that? Oh my word. You know, and it was just like she's able to just immerse herself into the conversation with the loners and the other pre-alliances. And Dan does not do that. That's the difference. Dan does not do that. He has not, it has not clicked. And that is why you saw the outcome of what you did this past week. Okay. So that is one for me that I've kind of noticed when I was just putting my notes together, I was like, wow, you know what? These clicks right here. But what is Phaedra doing that has really helped her? She has understood more than Dan. And Dan has actually been so cocky in this game, you know, even in his confessionals, like, oh, Pete is smart, but not that smart. Yeah, these guys think this, but but I'm Dan. I'm da-da-da. You know, and it's like, mm, yeah, but, you know. So 
I wanted to I want to discuss these shields. The shields, if you get a shield, then you cannot be murdered. And I think the shields are so strategic, right? Because it's like if you're a traitor and you get a shield, then the other players see that as well, if you get a shield, then you want to protect yourself from being murdered. So how can you be a traitor, right? So, I mean, Dan, he's trying to think strategically. He knows they're on the heels. He's like, let me get a shield. I can sleep peacefully tonight. I just think he's, he was so in over his head a bit. I also feel like he really didn't trust the process of it all. Him and Parvati started to kind of have an in alliance within the traders. They were doing the little sneak off thing, whereas Phaedra was staying immersed into the loners, as I call the loners and the other pre-alliances. So while they was doing their little sneak off things and stuff like that. So those are just different observations for me that I noticed. Um, so the first, the first murder was Johnny Bananas, as we know. Now, there was some talk. And I just want to address this because I feel like Mm, it kind of bothered me just a little bit because I really don't agree. So there was a conversation between Peppermint and Trishel. And it was just, I feel like, in jest type thing, you know, snarky, sarcasm type thing. It's like, oh, well, you better not be this and da 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 she said that she would be a traitor if she got murdered or something. Da, da, da. It, and it was a reaction on her face. She took that as, oh, she must be a traitor. I don't know. Then Trishel just kind of put it in her mind that Peppermint was a traitor. The next day after Johnny Bananas is murdered, after everybody came in, Trishel brings it up to the table and sets the tone that sets the tone for the rest of the day she brings it up i will observe this i will say this max immediately felt like that is unnecessary that is suspect he didn't see how that made any sense whatsoever and so Peppermint is like, hey, listen, like, what are you talking about? It was, it meant nothing. It wasn't a big deal. And she kind of did her little sachet walk. Like, girl, if that was this, you wouldn't know. And everybody was like, ah, and all this kind of stuff. So, but it still didn't help anything. Um, I just think it was so unfortunate what happened because it's like, at the round table, it just really became 
everybody against peppermint. I think Janelle and Tamara did bring up the whole John and his asthma and things of that. But because Peppermint raised her hand and brought up the concern um, about her and Trishel, and prior to that, early on in the episode, she did make a Freudian slip and say that she was a traitor. And it, it, it just snowballed into her demise, which of course she revealed that she was a faithful. I felt like it was genuine of Trishelle to feel very bad about the situation. People thought that maybe, or no, not maybe, but people accused Trishelle of being transphobic. I don't get that. I This game, this game is all about body language, conversations, reading people, um, actions versus words, like any kind of out of the ordinary thing is considered something that a faithful wouldn't do. So I don't see how that situation portrayed Trishel as transphobic. And I know that other people are talking about the show. So I just wanted to give my two cents about that. Because it really made me feel, you know, made me feel a certain way. So I, I just, I was like, ooh, I really have to speak on that. Um, so please kind of take it with a grain of salt. But I, I just really don't feel like that's the case. I do want to say that I'm so shocked that Parvati has kind of laid a little bit low before now her resting bitch facial oh my god like mm, like it's just like mm, it is so resting like what's that little girl name bobby with the podcast honey her and poverty baby perfect duo between them two, restinbitch.com. I swear to God, I just can't. Like, I don't even see how anybody can look at that. You talk about body language and you talk about things that seem unlike a faithful that resting bitch face. Anytime someone comes into a room, like at the breakfast, like you know who's been murdered. Her reactions are always like, "Ooh, what? What is it? What happened? Oh my god!" Like, how oh, y'all don't pick that up, or how's that not suspicious? I have no idea, but it's so annoying. 
it's annoying. So, but they don't, they don't think anything of it. I mean, I guess. Um, let's see. So, Sheree, I feel like is doing pretty good. Sheree is doing pretty good at hiding behind the housewives. Because you know what, Sheree, she really just votes how everyone else votes. And then as soon as the person says, I'm a faithful, she going to sit up there and act like she didn't vote like everybody else. And be, oh, my God, you guys, really? Seriously? Oh, this is so fucked up. I can't even believe that happened. It's like, girl, you did not fight for anybody else, okay? So... I think she's doing good. Nobody suspects her. Um, early on, you know, she won the shield. Um, and, and so, no, it wasn't early on. She actually, this past episode, because they did the slingshot and she won the shield. So she's safe. So I think she is really doing a good job. Laying low, kind of sticking to the housewives. Um I think the murder of Tamara, poor Tamara, she was very hurt, but it was a smart, strategic game move for Phaedra, honey, because when poverty was at that table, baby, listen, I don't even know why these people try to keep crossing Phaedra. They did it in episode four, and then they tried it again, and we all know that Dan, he, yeah, Dan is gone. But when Parvati tried it and talked about people being actresses and performers and housewives getting scripts, Phaedra, baby, listen, that updo she had was turned upside down because she definitely gave her the eyes, okay? And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> when we get back in that cellar, bitch, I got you. She checked her. She checked Dan. And yeah, both of their ass is about to be down that well, okay? I'm telling you, rush now. But Phaedra was like, hmm, okay. So that was so strategic because it's like, listen, if you put out there that the housewives are a group of traitors, then it's like, shit, gotta murder somebody. She wasn't gonna murder Sheree. One hundo, that wasn't gonna happen. Well, we gotta murder somebody. We gotta murder one of the housewives because then that does put the heat off, okay? So it was perfect. That was that was good. Um I know I'm kind of going all over. I was going to kind of start in order, but now I'm just kind of flowing a bit, you know, because that's how good this show is. This is why I need y'all to watch because it is just, you know how Clue, but Clue and just put a mix of great personalities and Allen fashion and snarkiness. I mean, it's just wonderful. So I'm 
I'm like everywhere because I'm just like, ooh, what do I want to give you that will pull you in? I will tell you this, Bergie from Love Island, even if you didn't watch Love Island, Bergie is someone who on his season, we didn't know if he was going to find love. Because, listen, he's a quirky guy. He is a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. And, you know, he's Bergie. That's how we just say, oh, it's Bergie. You know? But when I tell y'all, I was so fucking happy and excited in episode three. I was frustrated in the beginning. But I was fucking standing up rooting because Bergie figured out the pattern during that challenge. He figured out how the lights were going. And it was like, hey, we need the fucking money. It was eight people over there. And he was like, okay, like, listen to me, listen to me. And everybody is not listening to him. And I'm just like, holy fuck, y'all are really not listening to Bergie. And finally, I can't remember who it was, but finally it was like, okay, tell me what to do. I'll do it. And like CT and his confessional was like, yo, it's Bergie's time to shine. And he really did. And I love that for him because you're able to show leadership and strategy which is so helpful. And it didn't put a target on his back. It didn't put a target on his back at all. If anything, it gave him a voice in the faithful circle because they have their alliance. So if anything, it gave him that leadership strategy, um, that those traits that are needed in that group along with Peter. Okay. So that, that was a perfect, perfect challenge for him. So I was so happy with that. That in the same token, that challenge was a mess because baby, that was a shield in the tomb. Poe can sue. <laughs> Oh, Ekisu, because Ekisu wanted that damn shield, but so did Janelle. I told y'all from the beginning, Janelle is a competitor. She's a competition beast. Like, she is the one that said, bye-bye, bitches. Like, mm. and when I saw them digging for that damn shield, Janelle was like, give me that damn shield, bitch. It's mine. It's mine. And she sure did. She got that shield and ran the fuck off. And Ekisu was like, what the fuck? And when they got to that damn round table, and this round table was so, I would say episode three was round table. Well, besides this last uh, round table, of course, episode six, but Episode three's roundtable, I would say, was the best 
and craziest roundtable. It really was. Um, Dante. Mm, Dante calling out Max. And Max being his closest ally friend from, from what I observed thus far. He calling him out. And it's like. Larsa is nailed to the head about Dan. Like, I was like, yo, she got it. She clocked it. And then Dante defends Dan. It was like, whoa. Defends Dan. Dan is like, yo, hey, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. Because I don't have to do a lot of work. Then Max, he brings up Ekinsu and Janelle's drama. And then all of a sudden, they going to do their thing. Then it's like MJ. I, so, and then um, Ekinsu is like, okay, yeah, you know what? Way to deflect because you. And then it's just a whole bunch of mess. It's crazy. And you know what? I think that was the first round table where it was so many names. Like Max had, I mean, every time Alan was counting the votes, it was like two for Max, one for Kevin, one for one for Dan, two for three for Max, two for this two, one for this one. Like it was a very, no vote was going to be unanimous on this time. And when Max said that he was a faithful, the look on Dante's face, I think I knew at that point, I was like, he was very hurt, hurt over the peppermint banishment. You know, he was, he, it was hard for him about that one because I mean and it's it's the truth though when you are when you are black you and you just have there's just that connection it doesn't matter what you look like identify it doesn't matter we're both black and we're both in this same situation we both trying to win and something happens to your brother your sister you like, damn, you know, so, but I knew once Max was gone and he was the one that called him out, I, I, I knew this would hit him hard. So I was not shocked when he decided to leave. Okay. And in the interview, he did talk about, it was just an overwhelming of emotion for him that he felt like he just couldn't do it. He just couldn't, you know, continue. That was a lot, the situation with Max. So, you know, um, but I think that round table just really elevated everything. Um, the show just seems seemed to get really, really dark and, and really intense, I think. Once that heat was hot under Dan's ass, 
Bitch, I was like, damn, this show is fixing to go full drive because Larsa hit it, hit it. Do y'all hear me? Hit it. Was not playing. And then after that, you have the next episode where they have to do it in plain sight. They have to murder in plain sight. And in my mind, I'm like, how the fuck? Are they going to pull off a plain sight murder? And yeah, let's let's go get a book out of the damn library, pull out a chalice, and you got to convince somebody to drink it. Now, my thing is, because until I heard Phaedra's confessional of, well, I'll let Parvati and Dan handle it, I really thought, that they were kind of going behind her back and making that decision. I don't know about y'all as a viewer, but it really felt like I was, I was thinking about that. I said, okay, did they consult Phaedra? Why does it feel like they're not bringing her in on anything? So, but then I heard her say that and I was like, oh, okay then whatever which in the end that was a good thing right <laughs> except for when dan tried to clock it at the on um, episode six tried to clock that back on ekansu but anyway that's yeah. mm. i love when shit come back to bite <laughs> the clownery but um so Harvey with that resting bitch face. I don't know how anybody would drink from this bitch, though. Let's be fucking for real. How does anybody drink from her with that face walking around? How? How? Are y'all not paying attention? Is anyone not looking at her? Like, she is literally walking around like, mm, 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 who can I give it to? Like, do Everybody has a glass, pretty much. It was so weird. And she goes into the room. She goes into one room. And in this room, honey, you got Phaedra and Sheree right there. Now, see, she she didn't talk to Dan. And they was discussing Sheree. So she was about to try to poison Sheree. Baby, when Phaedra clocked what she was about to do, baby, Phaedra was in her confessional. She was like, now, I know damn well she ain't about to do Phaedra because one thing you're not going to do is play with her about Phaedra. And guess what? She moved around. She moved around. Yeah. She showed in. She went into another room. She went to another room and looked even more suspicious in that room. I was thinking to myself, ain't no way this fixing to happen. She's not going to be able to do it. But in walks Ekansu. And Ekansu, why is why are you so loud? Like Ekansu was so loud. She was so loud about, oh, a traitor is gonna kill me. Like, da da. da. And I'm thinking to myself, girl, not you painting yourself a target, but how Parvati was able to do it. I mean, I don't know. She was able to do it. And she was like, cheers. And then she was like, no, girl, I don't want none. <laughs> so there it was. Done. And then the next day, the next day, it ends up being Parvati, 
Dan and Phaedra, they were first in the room. So they were able to have just a little, little meeting. And then it was like, I don't even know what happened. Dan, Dan, really? You ain't even see it? Like, that's what I'm saying. You so fucking aloof. He's talking about, I ain't even see it. What happened? Do, 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 do. I was there. I didn't even see. And it was like, Ekansu, Phaedra's look was fucking hilarious. She was like, come on, bitch. Not you. Not you. Like, Ekansu, she was like, that's going to be on me. I wrote her name down to be banished at the motherfucking table. And it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Parvati, and Parvati was like, oh. It's like, I think sometimes you're not paying attention, baby. You're not. It's a chess, not checkers. You got to go slow. You got to pay attention to what is going on. And so, but you know, poverty felt like it's go time close to midnight. I got to get this done. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. So they go ahead, they have to bury, they do this whole thing, child. They Listen, they still never get shit right. At the end of the day, they didn't guess Ekansu. They got that shit wrong. So per usual. So Pete, Pilot Pete has come up with a plan, with a plan with all his, his faithful alliance that because the shield has been won. So basically, Bergie has the shield. Okay. Bergie has the shield, but only certain people know that Bergie has the shield. So basically, guess what? If Bergie is murdered, then what does that tell you? Mr. Dan over here. Because they suspect that Dan is definitely a traitor. And if Bergie gets murdered, Dan don't know about that damn shield. Dan is not aware about the shield. So they're looking to see how the hell you going to react when, Ber when Bergie comes through this door. Okay? So um, I just like the whole setup. I know there were a couple of people and I really want to tell you the reaction, a couple of reactions from Twitter, because if you're not on Twitter, you need to get on Twitter because hashtag traders, hashtag traders US be popping on Thursdays. Do y'all hear me? It be popping. And there was a person commentary. Um, no, I'm sorry. Common sense lady. She was saying that she didn't see how it was a gotcha moment, you know, cause it could have been anyone. And I, that is very, very true, but I think it was a gotcha more so because how everyone else reacted to Bergie coming through the door. I think it was the plan, you know, that helped it. I don't think it was so much because we knew it, you know, as audience, like, yeah, we knew it. And, you know, so for us, it wasn't necessarily like, ooh, whatever. But I 
think it was just dramatic. And let's be fucking for real, y'all. That knock that they do before entering the brunch area, the lunch area, breakfast area, whatever, is so fucking over the top. It's it's crazy. So I just think it was just the whole setup, right? I think that's what it was. So um, at that moment, I felt like, oh, Dan is a god. I I really, really do. But Dan in Dan Giesling's world could only feel like. I got to do something different. I got to go in for the big one. I got to come up with a Dan's funeral-esque type move. I just, mm, I got it. You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do at the round table? Phaedra. Going to call out Phaedra. Gonna banish favor. Yep. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make her to, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna put her on the chopping block. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and he set it up too. Like, I mean, he set it up. You know, he got the fingers out. Step one, step two, step three, step four. Favor. Bruh. <laughs> Baby, the lawyer kicked in. Y'all hear me? The lawyer kicked in, baby. Baby, she snapped at him. And what I love was how, see, this is what happens when you are in a pre-alliance, but then you form bonds with the loners and the other pre-alliances. Because Kate, who came from below the deck and also was on season one, baby. She spoke up and was like, what? Because she said Berlicious? No. Da, 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 da. Like, baby, Dan didn't know what hit him, honey. He didn't realize either. He was like, oh, shit. Wait, wait. Oh, Lord, I'm catching a stray. I'm catching a stray. It was like Matrix in that motherfucker. That motherfucker was like, oh, shit. Damn, damn. Oh, baby, it was over. For him, it was over so fucking quick. Yeah, sad, but it's true. So Dan was banished, and it is what it is. And I will say, John, John was a master. His little speech was masterful. Do you hear me? Shout out to CST. Sure, because this Twitter said the spirit of Macbeth possessed <laughs> John in that Scottish castle. Okay, and it did, and it did. It was it was great. It was so much drama. It was so much drama. It was amazing. So we get to the darkness of the night, and now it's. Phaedra and Parvati. And of course, because Peter is on everybody's ass, baby. Peter is on everybody's ass. Do y'all hear me? And at this point, it's like, okay, 
we gotta get Peter out because baby Peter is in poverty's ass. That whole episode, Peter was in poverty's ass, just like Max was in Trishel's ass about peppermint. Okay, so at this point, she's like Phaedra, <laughs> P, 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 P. I love that Phaedra is in her strategic bag. You want to burn the house down, girl? You want to do it? Go ahead, Shaq. Go ahead. Do your thing. Girl, do it. Go ahead. Because Phaedra's at this point. Phaedra is at a point of hang yourself. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. That's And, and I love that. Go ahead, girl. If you want to do it, because it's going to be so easy for me to be like, mm. It wasn't me because everybody has observed. See, everybody has observed the tension, the calling out and everything else. And they have seen poverty come in the room several times. Every time the little uh, faithful alliance have been there, poverty have come in there. And did, so guess what? And, and who's never around during that? Phaedra. Her little burgalicious trust her. So hang yourself then, poverty. But Alan comes in during that and says, hey, listen, you can recruit Pete to become a traitor. You know, so that that's definitely something to think about, right? But then not doing that has different and if you haven't seen that episode that's why i don't want i don't want to tell you what that means because so i don't want to spoil it for you um because the next episode is next thursday so if you haven't seen that but i will tell you he did he did get the envelope he has to make a decision if he wants to become a traitor or stay a faithful you know there's there's a he has a big decision. So if you see the episode, I want to know in the comments, what do you think Peter is going to do? And what do you think Peter should do? That is my question to you guys in the comment section. Okay. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave. I'm going to put up a poll on Spotify. So please put your um, answers on the poll. You know, I, I really want to know because I'm so, I'm so interested in this. Um, also, any kind of thoughts on Dan's worst and best move? I'm very interested to know what is Dan's best and worst move in your opinion? Um, I think for Dan's worst move, honestly, was how he started the game. I mean, I said that. I feel like Dan's worst move was how he started the game. He really played hard, played too hard and too fast. And he really thought he was back in big brother he came out of retirement and he thought he was in big brother and he underestimated phaedra parks and he under to be honest he underestimated a lot of people that was in the game because he was saying in his confessional so um yeah i also feel like 
I feel like Janelle and him also, they were never going to work like as a team making it to the end because both are just so competitive, which is fine. But I just think with one being a traitor and one being the faithful, Janelle is too hungry to even let that work. And it and eventually, look, it canceled each other out anyway. So that wasn't going to work. Um, I think poverty, I think poverty's close. I think poverty is very close to being banished, being banished very soon, honestly. She is setting herself up very well to be banished. I really believe that. But we'll we'll have to see what happens with this um, situation with Pete. And I'm really excited to see that. So I hope y'all enjoyed my, my recap. I hope that you guys will join us on the timeline on Twitter. We are sat there on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Peacock is the streaming service. So if you don't have Peacock, make sure you sign up. Um, I am Koji. Okay, you can find me on Twitter, Koji underscore mama. And conversations with Koji, of course, on IG. Koji Convo on Twitter. I am on Twitter for conversation conversations. So that is Koji Convo with a K. Definitely going to recap the next few episodes. So after probably the reunion show, I will be back to cover the next slot of episodes. So I hope y'all enjoyed. Have a wonderful week and look out for my next guest on Conversations. Have a wonderful day.